Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in to listen today. I'm so excited about the next couple episodes. It's going to be kind of a three-part series, but not in the traditional sense or in the way that I normally do multi-episode series. So in the next couple episodes, we are going to be talking about business expansion. So in this first episode, we're going to be talking about licensing and franchising, and we're going to define them and talk about some pros and cons of each. And we're also going to talk about opening a second, third, or fourth location of your own versus, again, choosing a licensing or franchising route. And then in the next episode, I'm going to actually welcome a guest expert to talk about his experience with buying into franchising. So it's going to be a little bit of a different perspective, but I'm so excited for you to hear that conversation. I'm going to preview it again in a few minutes, but just to give you a quick rundown of the series, I wanted to throw that in there. And then in the final episode, I'm going to talk about my personal experience with expansion and licensing and I'm going to give my personal tips that I've learned along the way and hopefully help you avoid some of the mistakes that I made because I made a lot of them in this process. So I'm so excited for these next couple episodes. And I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you find this podcast helpful, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to take just a quick 
minute before you listen to this episode, hit pause or again, do this while you're listening to the little introduction that I give and leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. It helps me so much. It helps grow our little playmaker community. And I read every single one and I appreciate them so much. And once in a while, I'll read a couple on the air and give shout outs. And I just, again, appreciate it so much more than you know. So just take a minute and leave a rating and review. I, again, can't tell you how much it means to me. But all right, so let's dive right into today's episode, episode one of the three-part series, all about business growth. So when an indoor playground or play cafe business reaches a certain level of success and wants to expand its operations, as I mentioned, two popular options include licensing and franchising. Now, while many of my members have opted to open a second or third or fourth location of their own, such as Elle from Pico Pies Town in Austin, Texas, or Renee from Mizanmi Play Cafe in Michigan, and by the way, shout out to both of you ladies, you are doing amazing things in your communities, and I cannot wait to visit both of you, but again, while many of my members have opted for this route, it's just not always possible to comfortably or effectively operate multiple locations yourself due to life, time, or distance constraints or other obligations you may have. That's why many have opted to instead franchise or license their concepts, such as Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society members Gloria from Luma Space in Los Angeles, California, and Tiffany from My Play Cafe in Kansas City, Missouri. While both franchising and licensing models allow for the use of a brand name, trademark, and business methods, they differ in some key aspects. So be careful if you're tempted to use the words synonymously because, again, they are quite different. So in this episode, we'll discuss the difference between licensing and franchising and the pros and cons of each Plus, I will give you some basic steps if these are routes you're interested in pursuing. Then, if this is a topic that has piqued your interest, on Friday, as I alluded to, I'll be welcoming a guest expert who has a lot of experience buying into franchises. He and his family actually currently own over 30 brick-and-mortar franchise business locations, and he's going to shed some light on his experiences and give some do's and don'ts from both the franchisee and franchisor perspectives. This conversation was already released early for my Playmaker Society members, and it got some really great feedback. So I'm excited to share it with you here on this feed as well. But before we get to that, let's talk about the difference between licensing and franchising. So first up, licensing. Licensing is an agreement in which a company allows another business to use its brand name, trademark, or other intellectual property in exchange for royalties or fees. The licensee is granted the right to use the intellectual property, but is not necessarily required to follow specific business procedures or adhere to particular rules. Franchising, on the other hand, is a business model in which a company licenses its brand, trademark, and business procedures to an independent independent contractor. So in this case, that would be the franchisee. 
the franchisee pays an initial fee plus ongoing royalties to the franchisor in exchange for the use of its brand and ongoing support. Now, both licensing and franchising operate on a very broad spectrum, which you'll hear about more on Friday in my interview with franchising expert Brian Beers. And this basically means that while franchising does typically mean more ongoing involvement between the franchisee and franchisor, the degree of the support and involvement will be completely decided on a case-by-case or company-by-company basis. But in general, licensing will be much simpler and cheaper to execute, which we will explore shortly. A big downside, though, is you will have much less ongoing control over a licensed location's actions. And I'm going to share my personal experience again in Monday's episode. But let's dig in and talk some pros and cons of licensing from a business owner or licensor's perspective. So some pros of licensing. Number one, it's lower cost for both parties. So licensing is generally a less expensive expansion option than opening multiple locations of your own or franchising since the licensee only pays a fee for the use of intellectual property and not ongoing support. This means you won't need to create the same level of documentation or standard operating procedures as you would in a franchise model. So essentially, someone would be driven to open a licensed location if you already have a great reputation in your area and they just want that brand recognition, right? They don't want to create their own concept from scratch. So they kind of want to piggyback what you've already built in your community, but they don't necessarily want to have to adhere to any strict guidelines or they don't feel like they need that ongoing support. Another pro is that there's less regulation. So in most states, regulation on license agreements is much less than a franchise agreement, reducing the associated time and legal costs with getting started. And then number three, there's more flexibility for the licensee. So the licensee has more freedom in how they operate their business as they are not bound to follow, again, those specific procedures or business practices. Now, you might be thinking, why is this on the cons list? But this can actually be good because it allows the licensee to adapt to their specific area's needs and competitive landscape and not be tied to a specific model completely. And this will increase their chance of success and may lead to more licensing opportunities because Again, if you have one successful license location, you can use that as a case study and as a way to amplify, again, the opportunities you might have to license in the future. And then the fourth pro is that there are less ongoing obligations on your part as the licensor. So because licensing is simply charging for the use of a company's brand and intellectual property, Again, the licensor is not required to maintain ongoing support, training, or marketing efforts for licensed locations. Some licensors will work on a monthly or quarterly basis and charge a fee to include some support, but this is less typical. And again, this is just decided on a case-by-case basis. So this is what we did with our licensed location, which again, you'll hear more about on Monday. 
Now, some cons of licensing, again, from the licensor's perspective. There's less control for the licensor. So the licensor, or in this case, you, the business owner, will maintain greater control over their own business, but less control over that of the licensee. So while this is beneficial from the licensee's perspective, as mentioned a moment ago, as it was on the pros list, this can lead to a lack of cohesiveness in branding and operations, creating customer confusion and frustration. So if they visit one license location and there's a completely different setup, a different menu, different you know, waiver system, different email list, a completely different experience, that can definitely, again, create confusion and it can, you know, really lead to this disjointed um, experience between the two locations. And again, I'm going to share some personal experiences with this and mistakes I made in my own process. But before we get there, another con is that there is limited growth potential for the licensee. So again, licensee does not provide a roadmap for business growth, nor does it provide that ongoing support or marketing, which may limit the licensee's ability to expand. And if a license location fails because of this, this will severely stunt further efforts to license and expand by the licensor. So if you open a license location and it fails, people aren't going to feel really highly motivated to become the next guinea pig, right? If you don't have a great track record, that's really going to prevent any future efforts that you might make to expand. And then finally, there is a risk of diluting the brand. So as I mentioned, the licensee's actions can affect your brand's overall reputation. So not only can they fail themselves in their own license location, it can really deeply impact your original location as well. So you as the licensor must carefully choose your partners to ensure that the brand's integrity is maintained. The agreement must be as specific as possible and as enforceable as possible in order to protect your, the licensor's brand which is honestly easier said than done, which we'll talk about on Monday. But all right, let's talk franchising and the pros and cons from, again, the business owners or the franchisor's perspective. And as a refresher, franchising is a business model in which a company licenses its brand, trademark, and business procedures to an independent contractor or the franchisee. The franchisee pays an initial fee and ongoing royalties as well, so both, to the franchisor in exchange for the use of the brand and ongoing support, so it's more involved. All right, so the pros of franchising. Number one, more control. So franchisees must follow the franchisor's specific business procedures and methods leading to a more cohesive and consistent experience for customers and increased brand reliability. So this is a huge motivating factor when people are on the fence between licensing versus franchising. And then the second pro is more ongoing support. So franchisees receive ongoing support from the franchisor, including training, marketing, and operational assistance. So while this is more work for you, the franchisor, it often leads to greater results and success for the franchisee. Again, opening the door for more growth opportunities because a lot of times prospective franchisees 
want to hear if it's worked in the past. You know, do you have any success stories? So if you are able to roll up your sleeves and be hands-on in the process and increase the probability of success, it's going to really amplify your opportunities for the future. And then finally, pro number three is the expansion of brand recognition. So Franchisees benefit from their franchisor's brand recognition because, again, they can count on that consistency, which can help attract customers and build credibility for all franchise locations, including the original. So while license locations usually have fundamental differences between them, as discussed, franchise locations are more likely to provide a consistent customer experience. And while this is not always the case, again, because it is a broad spectrum, that's been my experience. Now, some cons of franchising. So number one, it is a higher cost and there's more ongoing effort. So franchising is generally more expensive than licensing for all parties involved as franchisees pay an initial fee plus ongoing royalties to the franchisor. So this is, you know, this will result in greater operational costs. And because profit margins are already tight in the Play Cafe business, this could cripple their chances for success. So again, while ongoing support can increase the chances are for success, this can really be offset by higher ongoing costs. So kind of have to do a cost benefit analysis on your own for this one and do whatever feels right for you. So while this arrangement can be highly profitable for the franchisor, because again, you're getting that higher upfront fee, plus you're getting paid either monthly or quarterly on an ongoing basis, it does require much more work and hours per month as well as upfront. So you need to do all that documentation. You need to come up with standard operating procedures and all of these, you know, operational documents that the franchisee can use. Plus you're going to need to have a point person and you know, someone for these franchisees to contact, you're going to have to have a means of communication. You're going to have to be constantly visiting and again, constantly providing that support that you promised in your franchise disclosure document, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. All right. The second con is there's a loss of autonomy for the franchisee. So Again, franchisees must follow specific business procedures, limiting their ability to adapt to local market conditions as a licensed location would be likely able to do. So for example, if you open a franchise location in an area where, you know, all of a sudden there's a ton of cafes and a ton of bakeries, you can't necessarily just up and adapt your menu to differentiate yourself. Or if another competitor opens up right next to you, you have a very limited scope in terms of how you can adapt and be agile in your business practices and your pricing and your offerings, all that stuff. So again, there's a lot of restrictions. And then finally, there's more regulation. So franchises in the United States are regulated by the FTC or the Federal Trade Commission. And the FTC requires franchisors to provide potential franchisees with a disclosure document, which I just mentioned, that outlines the terms of the franchise agreement, including fees and royalties that must be paid. The FTC also requires franchisors to provide potential franchisees with a copy of the franchise agreement before they sign it. They want to make sure, you know, everything is above board. Additionally, some states have their own franchise laws that may require additional disclosures 
or regulations. And again, all this stuff is very complicated and very expensive to put together. And you typically also need to trademark all of your different, you know, branding and operations and things like that. And you need to hire lawyers for this. And again, this is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I've found that a lot of indoor playgrounds or cafe businesses that do decide to franchise, it can cost upwards of $100,000 just to get all of this documentation and stuff in place. Again, this is going to be very state dependent, and we're going to talk about hiring help for this in a moment. But Again, this is all typically much more expansive and robust and, again, much more expensive and complicated to put together than a simple licensing agreement. So it offers you more protection and brand cohesiveness, but it's so expensive. So while many states do still have regulation on licensing agreements, they're typically not as expensive or difficult to navigate or adhere to. So, so many pros and cons. Again, I'm giving you all this information and you just need to make the best decision for your own business. So to wrap this section of the episode up, both licensing and franchising have their pros and cons. Licensing is more flexible and less expensive, but provides less support and limited growth potential for licensees and less control for you, the licensor. Franchising is more expensive, but provides established business models to the franchisee, ongoing support, and built-in brand recognition. And before choosing between the two, again, you have to weigh the options and consider your long-term goals and growth plans. And again, choose the one that just feels right. Before we talk about the steps you'll need to take to license or franchise, I wanted to round this expansion conversation out a bit by also sharing some of the pros and cons of opening another location yourself, again, as PCA members Renee and Al did, as I mentioned in the beginning. So some pros of opening your own second or third or fourth location. Number one, you have way more control. So again, by opening a second location, you, the business owner, have complete control over the operations and management of the business, ensuring consistency and quality across all locations. And this isn't just about you know business procedures. It's also about the equipment you purchase, the look and feel of the location, the tech you end up using. Again, you can be completely consistent between multiple locations if you own all of them yourself. And this can lead to a lot of you know customer loyalty. And then number two, increased profit potential. So adding a second location can increase your business's revenue potential as it reaches a wider audience and attracts new customers. Even though I decided to go the licensing route since I was just not up for managing a second location with, at that point in my life, a newborn and a toddler, our locations did feed each other's profits. So for example, if someone called location A to book a party and we were booked, we could easily re refer them to location B and still be pretty confident that their experience would still be excellent and pretty consistent. We were also able to offer a wider range when it comes to party styles and party price ranges with multiple locations who were technically independently operated, but still under one brand. And then next, you'll have more brand recognition. So again, expanding the business with additional locations that you manage can help establish and strengthen brand recognition in the local market. So people can use their memberships and play passes between different locations. 
Again, it's a completely consistent experience. And then finally, it's easier to manage. So opening a second location can be more manageable than franchising since the owner can oversee the operations and training of staff at both locations and does not need to spend the time overseeing or supporting the franchisee. So this might seem a little counterintuitive, but it's kind of like hiring a business partner or going into business with a partner. It seems like it will be easier to manage, but if you have to go through all of these proper channels to implement a change or change your prices or change your procedures or maybe change one of the systems that you use, if you you know manage both locations, you're the decision maker, right? You might have investors or board members or something like that, but at the end of the day, you're the boss. If you have a franchised operation and you have people relying on you for their livelihood and their success, that adds a whole nother layer of responsibility. And it's not as easy as just snapping your fingers and raising a price or adding a new service offering, right? Per your FDD or your franchise disclosure disclosure document, you have to go through all of these steps in order to make a very simple change if it's going to affect all the locations. So again, it you know really reduces your ability to be agile and adaptable and it will result in a lot more time and money and effort spent at the end of the day. So again, it just comes down to what you want for your business. And then some cons of opening your second or third or fourth location. Number one, higher costs. So opening a second location can be really expensive because it requires a significant investment in real estate, equipment, build out, and staffing. So if you decide to go the licensing or franchising route, the franchisee or licensee will take care of all the build-out costs. So again, if you're going to manage it yourself, you're on the hook for all of those costs. Whereas if you open a license location, not only are you making money because you get to charge a fee, but they're also going to pay for all the build-out. So Again, that's a huge driving factor for people going the licensing and franchising route, even though they give up some control. And then the next con is that it's time consuming. So expanding the business with another location can take a lot of time and effort, diverting the business owner's attention from other important aspects of the business, including sustaining the original location. And then next, there is increased risk if you open another location yourself. So opening a second location comes with this increased risk as it may not generate enough revenue to cover these additional build-out and opening costs. And this will be the sole responsibility of you, the singular owner in this case, unless you have you know a board or a business partner, instead of that risk being spread amongst the franchisees or licensees and the brand owner, in this case, you. And then next, there's, I guess, limited reach because expanding with a second location can only extend the business's reach, again, to that limited geographical area. While it's absolutely possible to manage multiple locations a further distance apart, for example, like you can open a license or franchise location, you know, in other states, and that person is going to have a much easier time managing it if they're there in person. But, you know, if you decide to open your own second location states apart, it will make it more difficult and increase the need to hire more help, increasing your costs. All right. So let's say hypothetically, after considering opening a second location yourself, 
you decide to embark on the licensing or franchising process for whatever reasons are more meaningful or most meaningful to you. Maybe it's saving on startup costs, maybe it's because you have limited time or really want to expand your concepts to far off areas. Again, regardless of why you came to that decision, let's decide or let's say that you decide to license or franchise. I would highly recommend hiring a lawyer who specializes in licensing or franchising specifically and they will help you be able to translate all of this into your specific situation and goals to help you make the best and most informed decision possible. This is one of those areas where I would absolutely spend the money to hire a professional for assistance. And again, don't just hire a random business lawyer, hire someone with experience in licensing or franchising specifically. So again, let's say you heard these pros and cons and you're maybe sort of considering franchising or licensing, and you are convinced that one of them will be the right call for you, but you aren't quite ready to hire help yet, I want to give you an outline of the basic steps you'll need to take to license or franchise your business concept. And by the way, I just released an advanced, more in-depth version of this process and training with downloads and a downloadable franchise disclosure agreement, and licensing agreement that are attorney-written for my Playmaker Society members, since this is a process I am all too familiar with. So if you're a member, log into your portal today to check that out. Again, I included all the templates that you'll need to execute this, and I actually provide the exact licensing agreement that I used for my indoor playground. So Again, if you listen to my podcast episode about the difference between my free and paid content, this is a perfect example of that. So I'm more than happy to share this outline of these steps for you for free on this podcast feed. But when it comes to actually holding your hand and providing you the resources and implementation help and the actual execution documents you need to get this done and save hundreds or even thousands of dollars on legal costs, That is going to be for my members only. And again, that's exactly what I talk about in that episode. So this is me walking the walk. But if you're not yet a member, now is the perfect time to join us if you want this advanced training and all of this implementation help at your fingertips. All the information to join is in the show notes. But without further ado, here is that basic outline of steps you'll need to take before licensing or franchising your business if you have a successful model you're looking to expand. And again, licensing and franchising differ in their steps a bit. So for this, we will be going through the steps needed to franchise. And I'm going to let you know when we get to a step that you can skip or simplify if you're going the licensing route. All right. Number one, you need to evaluate your business model and market potential. So Before you begin this process, you'll need to make sure that your business is scalable and has the potential for success in other markets. And you might need to hire help for this. Again, you might want to hire a lawyer or a business broker or maybe an accountant to evaluate your business's profitability. And again, all of your financial statements are going to play into this. You'll also need to assess the demand for your products and services and determine whether there is a viable market for franchisees in other locations. Long story short, if your business is not already highly profitable and if you're not making a sustainable living as an owner, 
franchising or licensing should not be consider a, considered a way to generate quick cash or be a financial band-aid. This could, could result in you getting sued for misrepresenting your model in the future. And this is something we're going to talk a lot about on Friday with franchising expert Brian Beer. So again, if you're just looking for a quick, you know, $20,000, if somebody's approaching you wanting to open a licensed location, the answer is absolutely not if you are not already highly profitable and making a sustainable living as an owner. This is going to, again, be a quick Band-Aid and result in many headaches and legal issues for you in the future, especially if that person ends up failing due to your misrepresentation or lack of transparency. All right, number two, develop a franchise plan. So your plan should outline the specifics of your franchise program, including the initial investment required, the ongoing fees and royalties, the training and support that you will provide to franchisees, and the qualifications that potential franchisees must meet. Again, this is where I suggest working with a franchise consultant or attorney to help you develop your plan and evaluate these numbers. If you're going the licensing route, your plan will just need to include any initial training or support efforts as you will typically not be collecting ongoing fees or providing, again, that ongoing support. All right, number three, create a franchise disclosure document. Now, this FDD is a legal document that outlines all of the information that a potential franchisee needs to know before investing in your business. It includes details about your business model, again, those fees and royalties, the obligations of both the franchisor and franchisee, and the information about the history and financial performance of your business. While this isn't necessarily required in as much detail for licensing agreements, it's still a good idea to compile all of this information a potential licensee might want to know, even if it's less formally organized. So maybe it's tax returns, maybe it's profit and loss statements, or you know your operating uh, profit and loss statements, all that stuff. And again, you might need to hire help from an accountant, especially if your books aren't quite up to date. All right, step number four, register your FDD with the appropriate state agencies. Again, many states require that franchisors register their FDDs with state agencies before offering franchises for sale, or yeah, franchises for sale. Again, even before you even start talking about it. You'll need to follow the regulations of your state in which you plan to offer franchises. So not only, so for example, if you're located in New York state, but somebody approaches you wanting to open a franchise location in Pennsylvania, you'll need to abide by both states' laws. This can typically be skipped for licensing agreements unless your state is one of those that has tighter regulations, but you should seek legal counsel if you're unsure about your state-specific requirements. All right, step number five, develop a franchise recruitment strategy. So once you have your franchise disclosure document registered, you can begin advertising and recruiting potential, potential franchisees. You'll need to develop a marketing plan that includes advertising, outreach to potential franchisees, and a system for screening and selecting candidates. And this is so important because again, even though they're technically required to abide by certain procedures, 
in practice, it's not always black and white. And you really want to be careful about who you're choosing to represent your brand. And even if you plan on licensing, you'll still want to determine how you'll be reaching out to and responding to interested parties and closing your licensing deals. All right, step number six, train and support your franchisees. So as a franchisor, it's your responsibility to provide your franchisees with the training and support they need to be successful. This may include initial training on your business model and operations, ongoing support and guidance, and marketing and advertising assistance. Again, if you plan on licensing, you'll still need to engage in support and training at least early on. Now is the time to start documenting and streamlining your processes, investing in better tools and automation systems, and creating standard operating procedures like I discuss in episode 11 of this podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. And then finally, step number seven, monitor and maintain your franchise network. So once you've established your franchise network, it's important to monitor its performance and ensure that all franchisees are operating according to your standards. And you may need to hire someone to just operate in this job role. That's how important it is. You may need to provide ongoing training and support. You may need to make adjustments to your business model or operations, all that stuff, again, based on how it's doing. And again, even if you decide to license, you'll still want to find a way to measure the success of your licensees. Most people who will be interested in entering into a future agreement with you will want to hear from and even contact current franchised or licensed location owners. So being able to stay in contact with them and facilitate this process can improve your chances of future expansion. All right. I know this was an extremely simplified version of the steps you'll need to take, but this is a big topic and one that can take a year or more to actually execute, especially if you haven't trademarked your brand yet. So your play of the day for today is number one, watch the advanced training and get all of those legal templates and downloads if you're a Playmaker Society member or join if you haven't yet. Number two, budget for a professional or expert's help and start doing some research in, you know, for experts in your area. And then number three, stay tuned for Friday's episode and Monday's episode, because again, on Friday, we're going to be talking to franchising expert, Brian Beers. And on Monday, I'm going to share some of my personal experience and some tips and hopefully help you avoid a lot of really common mistakes when it comes to opening additional locations and licensing and franchising, all that good stuff. Because sometimes I really think those mistakes and things like that and things that someone's done wrong can actually be more beneficial and valuable to listen to than, you know, the tips and the do's. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Again, the best way you can show support for me or for the show if you found this helpful is to take just a minute and leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. I appreciate you so much and I will see you right back here on Friday.